genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one agonizing arrow wound at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And joining us for the last day this week is Chris O'Connor from Geek by Night and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute. Hello. Happy Frigga's Day, everyone. Yeah. What's happy about it? <laughs> Nothing. So today we're going to be talking about Minute 190, <sighs> which starts with Boromir turning around and realizing that Lurtz is going to shoot him a second time, and ends with Merry and Pippin charging valiantly, but very sadly, mm. into battle. And this entire minute is very valiant and very sad. Yes. Um, not actually that much happens in it because uh, it's because <laughs> it's gone into slow motion and the audio has fallen away and everybody's shocked and like oh no this is we, uh, this is terrible we do see boromir very valiantly stab an orc in the butt <laughs> he, he does he keeps going he uh he shows that that fighting spirit so in the uh, fighting in the, span of, in the span of the week we've seen boromir kick an orc in the balls and now stab an orc in the butt <laughs> It's Lobo a weak spot. <laughs> whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah. He's very yeah. practical. Yes. You know? Yeah. The... I just, it just makes me, it, ever since I realized he totally stabs that orc in the ass, it just really makes me laugh. <laughs> oh no, or maybe the small of the back, you know, yeah. or maybe up under the, the, the back plate into the ribs. That's possible, but probably the butt. Yeah. <laughs> that, Get out of here. That'll end your day. Be like, oh, my sphincter, <laughs> or whatever like sphincter the... is in Urukai. I think they mostly speak the the common tongue. Oh my god! Oh, okay, all right. I don't think the Urukai speak speak much Orcish. I think the only time we see them speaking Orcish is when they're interacting with the Mordor orcs, or maybe however you say sphincter in Elvish. That could come in, in handy. In dark speech. <laughs> dark... <laughs> you say sphincter. Dark speech of Mordor. Let's not talk about butts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, um, okay. So did I miss this, or did they show it when um, the Horn of Gondor is sliced in half? They don't show it happen. They just It just cuts away and cuts back, and it's hanging there split. Yeah, yeah it's very... Because uh... it's a symbolic split. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not something that was done. Right. right. It's symbolically split. It's just like no. Because from the way it, it died with his spirit. Oh my god! Yeah. No, it's not dead yet. Yeah. I'm from only the way... very badly pierced. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. The way that it like um, is edited together, though, it looks like that third arrow is the thing that like, like cuts sp- the horn in half. But that makes no sense. Not yeah, zero. Not. I, I, I'm guessing it got damaged or broken fighting with the orcs that are near him. Mm. I don't think the arrows have anything to do with it. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like worth noting like that first arrow, again, hits like high under the clavicle, might have missed the lung. The second arrow 
hits low, like in the hip, and it's conceivable that it, you know, maybe didn't hit the intestines, maybe didn't hit the kidneys. It's possible that that it's something that could be fixed and he would just have a limp for the rest of his life. But the third arrow, yeah, that one's dead center, center of mass, right in yeah. the thorax. That's uh, in in medieval medical parlance. There's no coming back from that one. <laughs> yeah. This is um, all three of those shots are aimed like a hunter. Yeah, he's, he's hoping to maim and kill with each shot. Hmm. Well, hunters are not trying to maim yeah, it's expressly to, like, forbidden sell it yeah yeah you want to kill it in one shot um and i think that's what lurch was going for he wanted to you know he wanted to hit like center mass hit him in the heart and that'd be it and then they can hobbit scoop and run along mm-hmm. but you know he's a bad shot um <laughs> which i mean like that yeah i didn't i didn't talk about it yesterday like i love his bow i love the construction of it it's a composite bow with uh like it's not really clear like what th- sort of the historical um sort of model for it would be you get a better look at it i think in the next minute where lurch is like standing over him but like you get to we've seen it in the previous minute we see it a little bit here he has like this sort of absurd um sort of like axe blades on either side of the grip uh like just at the base of the uh where the limbs fade into the grip um which where they are it doesn't really matter it doesn't affect the working limbs um, but they're very like short working limbs, like the, the, the bow itself sort of bends in a very limited space. And then it has these huge um, sias or bow ears, the stiff tips that you mm. see in sort of uh, composite and Asiatic style horse bows, uh, like Mongol bows, like how, you know, how they have the sort of the B shape and then like the big, long um, sort of ends. Those parts don't bend. Um, and I know like I've seen bows that are sort of constructed like this but I don't know like what the style would be specifically or what the historical uh, reference point would be. Mm-hmm. But then as we established talking about the Orcish scimitar, there isn't necessarily any sort of direct historical uh, reference being made. But I, I do, I love it. Like it's ugly and, and gross and big, um, but it's, it's a great, great prop weapon. Um, that said, I don't really get his draw style. Like, I, I mean, I guess the prosthetics are getting in the way, but it looks like his hand is like upside down and facing out. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's got like a draw glove or a thumb ring or something, and he's doing like a pinch draw. But I think the sort of awkwardness there is probably mostly due to having a big fake rubber hand. <laughs> That's fair. So I won't hold right. that one against him. <laughs> yeah, and kind of reduced visibility and all of that kind of working together. Yeah, you yeah. you get a really good shot of the um like the fletching oh, on yeah. the arrow too, and yeah. it just looks gnarly. Like it looks yeah greasy yeah because it's gross. not feather; it's supposed to be like fur. Oh, oh so gross! It's tarred warg fur. Ew! So heavy, so such bad flights, and that's another reason that he probably didn't get the kill shot right off. Is uh, mm. that sounds like a terrible fletch. Um, they're probably just like their heavy, their helical like, like spin probably isn't right on there. Like it's putting too much weight on the back end of the arrow. They're probably not pop- properly barreled. Um, you know, these, these are big, ugly arrows fired from a big, ugly man. It's like interesting that the, the, the construction on the bow itself is so complex. Um, but so many, like, like the, the C is the sort of stiff tips and the short working limbs is actually all very complex, um, composite bow techniques that are very advanced and 
complicated and hard to do and are sort of at odds with the simplicity of the rest of the, uh, the Uruk-hai gear. Uh, it's kind of interesting. But also, we, I, I, like we saw like a better shot of the, the arrowhead, and it's actually not that big um, comparatively. Like I expected it to be a lot uglier than it was. Yeah. Um, but like uh, the fact that he, he doesn't get the kill shot in his first two kind of that, that makes sense if his if his uh, flights are, are just wolf hair dipped in tar, which is <laughs> absurd. Um, and then, you know, he's only right. Been I mean, for a couple Saruman has all these freaking birds. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? He's got all, there, there are a lot of birds. Oh, my goodness. There's so many good things to choose from, and yet he's like, let's make this out of garbage. <laughs> Just like the Urukai. Well, no, because he loves the Urukai. They are perfect. <laughs> yeah. They are his, like, his, I don't know, he's, whatever they are. He's just yeah. messed up. <laughs> he is yeah. such a jerk face. He is. He's just like, I'm going to make these perfect soldiers and then, like, not hire a smith and just give them stupid, awful well, weapons. <laughs> Because the yeah, the Urukai like R and D department completely just, dropped the ball on that one, right? Yeah, because the because the mortar orcs are the one making all the weapons for this. Yeah, but their <laughs> weaponry is different than this weaponry. Yeah, weird. They may like the mortar orcs are just like he's trying to show us up. Let's make these guys crap. <laughs> In which case, mission accomplished. Yeah, let's just, just let's just make all these Urukai. <laughs> crappy awful weapons let's see them come back yeah <laughs> let's make them a failure well saruman's trying to throw us aside but aren't let's they see working you stab something the with same... this dum-dum <laughs> aren't they working towards the same purpose though they all want the ring yeah but they're all oh. evil petty creatures yeah yeah they're not like you know they're not big on the bigger picture uh or self-sacrifice or or the greater good or in this case the greater evil so i mean <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but yeah, this this oh, this minute is just slow motion, desperate just, flailing. Just just <laughs> slow motion, the life leaving Boromir's eyes. No. Oh, the life he's still got he's still got life in his eyes. It's the life yeah. is leaving his legs. He's fading fast. Yeah. Yeah. And each each one of those arrows that's like a hammer blow just drops him further, closer yeah. and closer to the earth. Where he will soon lie. This is just another instance, like we talked about with the invisible kick, of Sean Bean being very good at pantomiming impacts that didn't happen. Mm. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Because this is just, you know, action, and then he's just like, ugh. That's some fine English acting. Yeah. No, it is very convincing because, like, it's physically painful to watch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And then that look... That he gives Mary and Pippin before he stands up. Sorry, guys. Like, this I is the best going. I could do. I'm gonna keep going for you guys. Run. But they're like, oh, we'll run right into battle. Yeah. We'll do our best for you, big buddy. <laughs> uh, Mary's face is heartbreaking. Like just watching them watch him die. Yeah. Like just because oh, of the movie we're watching, man. and just because of some of the other like comedic moments in the middle of drama with that Peter Jackson likes to do. Mm-hmm. I really just imagine Mary just kind of letting go of those rocks in frame. <laughs> <laughs> just a plop. Like everything else has been in slow motion up until this point and then boop, drops the rocks just, at regular speed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think he'd do that. 
<laughs> no, just, that, that's oh. <laughs> not for Boromir's death, but for like he's done. Peter Jackson <laughs> inserted things like that in a lot of other dramatic moments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely something I can see happening. Yeah. Oh man. Because oh. it makes it does make me kind of laugh just to see Mary standing there holding the rocks in freeze frame. <laughs> And then it comes back to him and he doesn't And have he doesn't them have anymore. them. So he dropped them. Yeah. yeah. We just don't see him drop them. Because his hands are in like the same position when we see him the second time. Mm-hmm. But there's no rocks. Oh, man. Poor mm. Mary and Pippin. Poor Mary and Pippin. They're, they're watching like their, their, their ever vigilant brother. protector die. Their best, oh bi- my God. their best big friend. Their best big yeah. friend. Like he was, he piloted their boat down the river. Mm-hmm. He taught them how to use their swords. Yeah. Mm. This makes he made sure they had a moment to rest after Gandalf died. No. Give them a oh, moment for God. pity's sake. Yeah. yeah. Just like, oh, pity's sake. This is so sad. My Sean Bean accent is terrible. <laughs> Does not do Sean Bean justice. There isn't there isn't really a whole lot. Yeah, there isn't actually much happening here because, again, slow motion. So Um, there's there's like he swings a sword like three times and gets shot a third time. Yeah. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Mary and Pippin look on terrified. Let's do it. Ah! (laughs) That was very Bill and Ted right there. (laughs) But I don't know. This one's going to probably be short. But well, no, okay. we have uh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta our, talk the question we have for yeah, all of our guests. Yeah. Yeah, you talk so, um, I know that you mentioned it briefly over the past week, uh, your background with Lord of the Rings. Um, but if you want to go ahead and just tell us a little bit about like how you heard about the movies or if you started reading the books beforehand or... so. I uh, I will confess I still haven't actually read uh, the Lord of the Rings, which feels like one of those sort of um, failings in my my um, pop culture personality. I don't know, um, and and that's something that I I intend to rectify later. I think I'll read them to my son when he's older enough for him. I think that'd be a good father son thing mm. to do. Um, my experience with the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings was. Uh, I was, I was born in 82, um, and we had Disney Channel, and I remember as a little kid watching over and over the, uh, was it Rankin and Bass uh, Hobbit movie? Yeah. And then, like, part, like, I never caught the entire, because the Lord of the Rings that they did was, like, two movies, right? Yes. I think, yeah, there was two, and even then, somehow, like, I kept seeing parts of it. Like, I, I watched the entire Hobbit, and I remember as a little kid that I really enjoyed that, and there were parts of it that scared me and fed my nightmares, and sort of the mm-hmm. weird frog-shaped goblins, which I'm really <laughs> yeah. glad they didn't use for this movie. Uh, thank goodness. Um, well, you know, something like that was, works in a cartoon. Oh, yeah. yeah. That that works in the cartoon, and they, they scared the, the crud out of me. And it's really interesting, like, l- watching those again, like, looking back at them, and, like, that sort of uh, 70s, 80s sort of fantastical style uh, like the way, like the lines in people's faces, like Elrond does not look like the elves don't look beautiful at all. Like they're yeah. kind of terrifying creatures in those cartoons. And I remember that had an effect on me. Like I, I, yeah. I love Bilbo. Yeah, we talked about that movie. We talked about that movie on Second Breakfast. Yeah, a couple, and, like a month ago, two months ago. Yeah, so, a little while ago. And some of the animators that worked on that would later become some of the first animators for Studio Ghibli. Oh, nice, nice. 
Yeah, I can I can see that. I can see that. And um the Lord of the Rings version, like I always caught parts of it. Like I knew I knew the story and over time, like just sort of um cultural osmosis, like playing Magic the Gathering, being at comic book shops, you know, mm-hmm. reading um other fantasy. Like I, I read a lot of a lot of stuff in the from the nineties that was obviously very heavily influenced by uh, Lord of the Rings, which I think kind of got got in the way of my ability to to read them. Um, it's kind of one of those things where, uh, like the same problem that John Carter of Mars had where like it may have come first and it set the tropes and established the sort of thing that people have been mimicking later. But if you right. didn't read the original, if you didn't, if you, if that wasn't a part of your, what, what you'd taken in, you've taken in so many other things that have drawn on this thing that came before it, that when you read the original thing that they that they've all been borrowing from for decades and decades, it kind of feels like, oh, I've already seen this before. Um, and, uh, so when I was trying to read the books like a couple of times in the past, I kind of had that problem. And also like I I would consistently get to the council of Elrond and just sort of stall (laughs) and then fall away. Um, And so uh, in college uh, I was a freshman in college when uh, well, actually no, because this came out what December of 20, 2001. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh no. No, that's right. I was a freshman. I was a freshman. And like my my college friends that I met there, they were all excited about it. They had all read all the books and they're like, you know, I saw the previews and it looked amazing and I was really psyched to see it. But I wasn't as um, emotionally invested. And and while I knew some of the broad strokes of the story, I didn't know about Boromir's story. I didn't know about his death. I didn't know about this scene. I didn't know uh, how invested I would get in the movie. And like, like I said, in a theatrical cut, like I've um, in listening to the last couple of uh, months, you know, the last couple dozen uh, episodes of, of uh, your your podcast, like I kind of got the impression that, you know, you, you felt that in the theatrical cut that uh, Boromir got short shrift and was more sort of uh, not as flushed out and, and that mm-hmm. he didn't get as sympathetic a treatment. But I, I remember watching uh, the theatrical cut and like I, I really I felt for him and I understood where he was coming from and I got him and I didn't really see him as, uh, as, as that, uh, two dimensional. And I really like his death really hit me such that, you know, even surrounded by all my college friends and as much as we were all like in, um, the mixed martial arts club and the jujitsu club and Taekwondo, and we were all a bunch of people who like to punch each other in the face. Like I cried, <laughs> um, there when, when Boromir died and I cried during the scene where, uh, you know, Ara- Aragorn, you know, says goodbye to him, and and that that really affected me. And I wasn't the only one uh, from the the martial arts clubs that was you know misty eyed at that scene. Uh, you know, it, it hit us in our man feels. Um, <laughs> and uh, I I you know I watched each one of the movies. I, I you know went to midnight showings uh, there in in Stillwater, Oklahoma. It was, it was a great you know, thing to do with my buddies. And we, we watched those. And then when the extended editions would come out, you know, when the first extended edition came out, we sat down and we watched that, I think before the two towers came out, I think that's the way they did it. Like the, the extended editions came out shortly before the next movie. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think I remember, you know, we would, we would do that, uh, for, we did that for the two towers and then for the fellowship uh, for for return of the king like we sat down in the morning to start the fellowship and then watch the two towers and then we went and caught the midnight showing of of return of the king and then wow. again when the when the the extended edition of return of the king came out we took a weekend and just watched all of it and mm-hmm. uh that was a, a big thing and i really enjoyed that um 
yeah, I, 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 these movies were, are really, they're wonderful. And they're some of my favorite films of all time. Like I, I always struggle to put together like my top five or my top 10, but these are like, I, at the, you know, I have to take some movies and sort of lump them together and say, this is, you know, these three together are a part of my top 10 in one slot. Right. <laughs> Cause um, you know, more so than other, more so than a lot of other like trilogies. Yeah. It, it really is one narrative. Yeah, because it was made. Yeah, like Godfather 2 is, is the only part of the trilogy that gets to be in my top 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, but uh, yeah, like I, I really love these. I've watched them all the time. When I went to Japan for, did a year of study abroad there, I watched them a lot there. Uh, watched them with Japanese subtitles. It was fun. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I hadn't, I haven't really watched them in a while. Um, has has anybody else remarked on, because I have um, the DVD box sets of the extended edition that I got, like, I don't know, in 2000, I guess the last one I got was in 2004. These are the, the original sets that I got when they were released, so 2002, 2003, and 2004. Has anybody else remarked on how they don't work in, like, PS3s and Xbox Ones? Do they not? No. Well, <laughs> they totally I didn't know that, because like, that's I, what, what I have, or, or what we have is... The ones that I got for Christmas as they came out, yeah. so I have the first run runs as well. What are you What are you watching them on? Uh, we have a new Blu-ray player that we watch them on. Okay, so I I've been like I took um, my my copy of uh, the Fellowship and tried to put it in my Xbox One, and it's just a black screen. Uh, I tried to put it in the PS3, same thing. And then when I tried to put it in my PC, the PC was able to do it, but it was this thing where it's like you need to install this uh, particular uh, DVD player that you know hasn't been in use for half a decade and is no longer supported and I couldn't get That's it. I had to go so into VLC bizarre. media player to make it work. So it's one of those things where like I have so many dozen discs of Lord of the Rings, but it's right. like if I want to watch them on my nice, big, beautiful TV, I think I might have to get the Blu-ray sets. Mm. Yeah. The, uh, the Blu-ray player we have plays them. No problem. And before that, I mean, we just had like a janky DVD yeah, player. Yeah. I mean, I had the, <laughs> Before well, that, like a janky same, DVD like, player would be like perfect for it, but like yeah. sort of like newer sort of smart devices, quote unquote, uh, might get confused by something that thinks it's going to install something from 15 years ago. That's interesting. Yeah, because it has um because these also have DVD ROM content on them. These original run ones. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. Like one of them lets you. One of them has like, uh, I think one of them has a demo from one of the video games on it. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Like stuff I've like that. Back the... when they used to put like computer stuff yeah. on DVDs yeah. to play separately. Yeah. So that's why a PC would probably get confused. It's like no one's done this in in many <laughs> in, years, in over a decade. We we decided <laughs> this was this? a terrible idea. Like Windows 10 is looking at it like what the what the hell is this? Yeah. I don't I don't understand. Is this a virus? <laughs> this is a problem. But that's no, the funny. we just we just have a a fairly like cheap blu-ray player that plays it fine the upscaling is a little off in places yeah. <laughs> uh most notably along the way arwin's first moments when uh when the stunt woman gets off the horse and it's just like that's not Liv tyler yeah. like you can see her clearly <laughs> on the 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 hd tv i really would yeah. like to get my hands eventually on the blu-ray yeah because i think they have different special features on the blu-ray releases hmm. interesting but yeah, like there's nice some other some other content yeah because uh, yeah. i know they released those other special edition ones after these ones mm -hmm. that also i think have some other featurettes on them 
I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. I don't know. We gotta track them all down. There's a there's a lot of extra material for these movies. Um, I was trying. I did not look as hard as I should have. I was trying to find like any of the featurettes on the on the choreography and and uh, and and stunt work for because I know that stuff is in there and I remember watching it at the time. But it would have been nice to brush up on that before I, I, I came think to you guys. I'm sorry, I couldn't it, find it. Oh, that's okay. I think most of it is um is in two towers because of mm. the Helm's Deep sequence. Yeah, I think a lot of the choreography featurette stuff is on the two towers yeah. discs. Uh, most of the miniature stuff is on the first is in the first yeah. collection and then which makes sense everything else is just kind of spread out yeah because they didn't put it all on in one because they, they wanted they to include all these four discs to, to fill in <laughs> and even then it's so many there's so much content it's amazing because there's thousands of photos yeah on yeah. them <laughs> but um so another question that we like to ask our guests if uh you would be interested in coming back. I don't like to assume, but if you could come back for any moment in either Two Towers mm. or Return of the King, I don't um, know. This wasn't very much fun. I, I, well, it was a real chore <laughs> getting through. This. I, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly imagine. Of course, I want to come back. Jeez. Um, oh my goodness. There's that's the thing is like I need to rewatch it to to see where all the the scenes that I love are. Like they're ah. Yeah. Uh, there's so much going on in Helm's Deep that's great. Um, oh, uh, the where um, what's his face? Uh, the guy who's Galadriel's husband is—is is that who it is? Who dies? Oh, uh, the elf. No. Yeah, yeah. It's not Galadriel's husband. It's the the first elf you see in Lothlorien, Haldir. Oh, okay. Yeah, like when he, when he dies, that's good. I like the the fighting there when the Urukai like break past the 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 wall. Actually, yeah, the scene where where they're you know it's like hey gunpowder like that that would be uh that'd be good. Or or the scene with the wargs, the wargs, uh, the warg riders would be good. Um, gee, uh, or or the 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 Rohirrim like showing up. Mm-hmm. to to with with gandalf that would be that would also be excellent there's a there's so much good stuff and i don't know that i can necessarily uh pick at the moment that's right. Get back to me with that I mean, just, <laughs> you just I, i'm i'm just watching the whole olympic torch scene in my brain right now <laughs> with the with the, run, with run, the olympic run, run, music run. playing it's... oh my god why is that I'm guy so running excited. with a torch? I don't understand. <laughs> I have no context for why this would be dangerous. And then Aragorn's the one that figures it out. <laughs> guys, guys, guys! Chemical Shoot that guy. Man. Shoot him. Shoot him. Get that guy. Combustible. He did. That guy doesn't go down to an arrow. Where's Morokai no. like that guy to well, fight I Legolas? Think, yeah, I think I think that uh, that was one of those things where it's like uh, the 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 sort of the hardiness of the the Urukai is their selling point. Their their hardiness and their qua- their their quantity it's like you know they have just this big guy like he's able to run with the torch but presumably he's otherwise not particularly useful also <laughs> they don't really need to have the one guy run with the torch they could just pass it up the army for god's sake because they were orakai like there like right by the breach weren't there like he yeah. goes running in but it's like a solid wall of their army from like the back to the front they could have just passed a torch up also legolas could have shot the torch out of his hand <laughs> he could have yeah, yeah. Maybe like in this movie, uh, these are like prototype Urukai, right. and then by the time we get to Helm's Deep, they're, they're all at least better. as good as Lurks. Yeah, by then they, they've yeah. had a year of training. You know, they have they weren't <laughs> sent out on an immediate halfling retrieval mission. Get out there and Hobbit scoop. 
Maybe right. this is his way of weeding out the weak. This is this was the training mission. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah, comes back? Guys Whoever that comes survived. back, are like yeah, like twenty five guys come oh back, God. and they don't like even that... come back. <laughs> twenty five guys survive this, but they don't even make it back to Isengard. <laughs> as far as Saruman is concerned, there were no survivors to this battle. Oh man, <laughs> this That's was a complete really failure, a waste Thomas. of resources. They failed. <laughs> Maybe they got distracted by some bright colors or a set of blocks. Curses. Never send a toddler to do a grown individual's job. Back to the drawing board. Just, uh... Oh, that's so funny. My murder toddlers have failed me. Who could have possibly foreseen this? It's not like they could do the alphabet. Jeez. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so on that note... <laughs> His magical murder toddlers. Yeah, or, the Urukai like training program is not good. They're, they're starting right. with... Um, yeah, anyway. All right, you're two hours old. Here's your helmet, chest plate, <laughs> slate of metal. Go. Go, go war. <laughs> go, do what you were born to do. Flail about and die. No. <laughs> You'll figure it out or die. Oh, my lord. Yep. That's just <laughs> they're his month old magical murder toddlers. So <laughs> we are from the website duelinggenre.com. Uh <laughs> um and if you are interested in looking at other movies by minutes, uh we have the website for you. Go to moviesbyminutes.com where you can find all of the uh, currently producing as well as finished Movies by Minute podcasts. And there are many, many, many to choose from mm. and many more on the way. Um, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us this week. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> um, special thanks to Patreon associate producers, Libra182 and Ed Foster. I hope everyone has a great Friday and we'll be back next week to talk more about it. Bye. Bye.